Hey y'all, what's up? I'm Simone Rose and you're listening to the Notebooks and Coffee podcast where we talk about real life and your mental health. You guys know I'm not a licensed therapist. However, each week I come on here and I share my journey regarding mental health with you all in hopes that I can touch at least one person and encourage them to share theirs. That being said, grab your cups. Let's talk about it. This week, I wanted to talk about domestic violence. It's a topic that people often shy away from, but not me. Domestic violence is any type of behavior in which the purpose is to gain power or control over a spouse or partner. So it can be physical. It can be emotional. It can be verbal. It could be financial. It can be sexual. Any situation in which the purpose is to gain power or control over another being, it's considered domestic violence. I have been in several domestic violence situations, relationships from the time I was 16 years old to the time I turned 25. Well, 29, actually. Because I entered in another relationship at 25, and then by 29, I was out of it. So from 16 to 29. In high school, I didn't didn't know anything about domestic violence. I just knew, you know, we go together, we fight, we argue, we kiss, we make up. That's what it is. We were physically fighting then, but I didn't look at it as domestic violence because I didn't really know much about it. I just kept it moving. At 21, I was engaged and I was in a relationship where he wasn't physically abusive. He was more so controlling. I couldn't move without him and... He wouldn't move without me. It was like I had to be glued to his hip in order for anything to be done, any type of move to be made. Um, And the one time that he did put his hands on me, we were in Atlantic City at the casino. And I literally, I just stopped my best friend from like trying to kill him in the casino because I had walked off. And I think I walked off to get a drink. Or either to go to another slot machine. But either way, I wasn't like wandering. I was literally, I had a mission. I was going somewhere. And he snatched me up and was like, where the fuck are you going? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, we in public. Hold on. And that was the first time he had like snatched me up. But it wasn't the last time that he snatched me up. It was only, I think, one or two other times after that. And it was just... Like him literally like yoking me up by my arms or or by my clothes, like to keep me from moving. But most of his abuse came from like just him trying to control me, him screaming, yelling, cussing, fussing, whatever. And my last, my last abusive relationship, I would honestly say that was the worst of them all because he was not physical he would make threats but it wasn't physical 
it was more so demeaning and pretty much telling me that nobody else would want me. Um, I needed to look like a Spanish woman with a fat ass in order for a man to want me or, you know, anything degrading to me, he would say. But then turn around and be like, but I love you or I'm in love with you. And it took me, we were in a relationship for five years. And it literally, it took a year to leave. But everything leading up to that year, like, it took a minute. I'm not even going to hold y'all and be like, nah, it happened. And I was like, I'm out. Because literally everything he was saying, it stuck in my head like, oh, is this true? Like, do I have to be this way in order to be attractive? Like, is nobody really going to want me because of X, Y, Z? So all of that played in my head throughout our entire relationship. And it was like, I'm being abused. Now what? Now what? What do you tell somebody that's in a situation where they are being abused in some way, shape, or form? And everybody's answer is to leave. If it was that easy to leave, do you really think that there will be so many victims of domestic violence? Do you really think we would have got a whole movie about Tina and Ike and Tina Turner? And the movie, it, it was about her singing, no doubt. But it, it also gave us an inside view of the shit she was going through and how long it took her to leave. Leaving is, is the ideal thing to do. You get in your ass beat, leave. He or she is talking down to you, leave. It ain't that easy. If it was that easy to do, nobody would stay in a situation for as long as they do. And most people don't leave out of fear. I didn't leave out of fear. I was so worried about what would happen if I did leave. So I stayed. I remember trying to leave him. And I kid you not, I was sitting on my couch one Saturday afternoon. And this was when I had made up in my mind. I was out. Like I was ready to go. Because, you know, women leave you mentally before they leave you physically. But by then... It was so much that had happened between 
the cheating and being degraded on a constant. I no longer was going back and forth about wanting to leave. I had made up in my mind, I'm out. He's a narcissist. I may be starting to pick up on his narcissistic traits inadvertently because I'm just sitting here taking it. Like, I got to go. Now, I was sitting on my couch on a Saturday afternoon. He was at work. And I was asleep. I was taking a nap. It was me and my dog. I was taking a nap. And my phone starts going off. I don't answer it initially. I'm taking a nap. I'm tired. So my phone goes off again. So I'm like, okay. Same person. I don't answer the phone. Third time, my phone rings. I'm like, okay. Clearly, it's not meant for me to rest at all today. So I answer the phone. What's up? Hey, you okay? What's going on? The woman on the other end of the phone is panicking. She's like, oh my God, are you okay? What? First of all, I'm in here asleep. Why is you hollering on my phone? What? Should I not be okay? What's going on? She said to me that because I wanted to put this man out of my apartment, he called her because he knew her and I were really close. And she worked at the leasing office. He called her and he told her that by the end of the night, he was going to put a bullet in my head. When I tell you I got stuck, I didn't know what to do. Like I had been choked out and hit in previous relationships. I had been verbally abused in previous relationships and including this relationship. But I never had somebody say, I'm going to put a bullet in your head. So I call my best friend. My best friend comes over. She she brings her two kids because like she's panicking. I think I'm the only one in the moment that hasn't started panicking yet. So she comes over. She walks in the door. I'm still sitting on the couch. Hugging, kiss my nieces. Playing with my dog. Because by then, like, I'm so used to being abused. It didn't affect me. Like, I heard it. Mentally, I'm used to it. So I'm not reacting anymore. It's just like, well, shit. It's Saturday, so. And as a victim of domestic abuse, we tend to get so used to it. And moments like that, some of us don't even run. So he comes in, he's on his lunch break. He says hi. Don't say nothing to my nieces 
oh, my best friend, he just came in, said hi to me, walked in the back room, walked back out. He went to my neighbor's house at the time and went back to work. He came back home. By then, I my nieces and my best friend had left. Because this was like four hours later, he came back and my neighbors were sitting on the couch. And we were just talking and I was telling her, you know, one of y'all, and they were a married couple, one of y'all got to be here, like, just in case this nigga really comes in and he tries to shoot me. Like, somebody got to take care of the dog. Legit, that is, that is all I was worried about. Um, I had packed a bag just in case. Because I was going to my sister's house that night. But I remember sitting on the bed. He walked in the room. And he stood in front of me. And I just laid back on the bed. And said to him. I just want to be comfortable when you do it. That's it. If you're going to put a bullet in my head, do it now, make it quick, let me be comfortable. And in that moment, he looked at me like I had lost my damn mind. Like, wait, what? How were you so calm about it? I mean, well, shit, you told everybody you was going to put a bullet in my head at this point. If I run... You either going to shoot me in the back or you're going to shoot me in the back of my head. So I'm not running. This what you want to do? Let's get this shit over with. I just laid there. Laid there for a good two or three minutes. And do you know he had the nerve, the nerve to start crying? The fuck are you crying for? You done told me you wanted to put a bullet in my head. I'm confused at this point. What you crying for? But see, that was the whole emotional manipulation. Now you feel sorry. Or you're playing like you feel sorry. Because that's, that's what they do. They abuse you. And when it no longer affects you, they cry or they want sympathy or want you to be empathetic to how they're feeling in the moment. It never fails. Never fails. As a woman who has gone through several relationships, I can honestly say that that last one woke me up. And it's not that I intended to go from abusive relationship to abusive relationship. It happened because I didn't know any better. I didn't know what I know now. And a lot of women are in the same situation. Today, a lot of women have gone through similar situations and they don't speak about it. But they take what they've gone through 
in those relationships and they project those emotions onto good men. I know this because I've done it. That that mental turmoil from being in an abusive relationship, baby, that takes time to get over. You need friends that that really support you. Like you need a real support system. Friends, family, if you in the church, your church family. Like you need a real support system. When I say real support system, I'm not talking about one of those. I'm here for you if you ever need me. But then when I need you, you got shit to do. Or you too busy. Granted, everybody has stuff going on in their life. I get that. But when you're dealing with this type of situation, you need someone that is going to be there. I shut out my friends and family because I won't say he made me do it, but he had a way with words that whenever I talked about going out with my friends, the way he talked shut all that shit down. I wasn't going nowhere. Like it's intentional that your abuser keeps you away from your friends or family. And you got to have real support that understands or knows what it is that you're going through and not that you're pushing them away on purpose. And you need people that are going to be there after shit hits the fan, for real. And I've been talking about me like this entire podcast. But men... Men are also victims of domestic violence. And that's something that we don't often talk about. I don't know why we don't talk about it. I don't know if it's because people think that it can't happen to a man. Or it's unrealistic for it to happen to a man. But men are verbally abused as well. Men are physically abused as well. And I know a lot of people think, how can you physically abuse a man? It ain't nothing for a woman to pick up a one of them heavy-ass frying pans or a bat or book, whatever, and beat the shit out of a man. And then when that man try to leave, be like, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. What? So you just beat this man's ass completely. But now if he want to leave you, you're going to kill yourself. It happens all the time. All the time. And we don't talk about it enough with women. We damn sure don't bring it up when it comes to men. It's an uncomfortable conversation that we got to start getting comfortable having. There are so many people who lose their lives to domestic violence every day. And nobody's talking about it. 
it's probably worse now, in all honesty, with this COVID foolishness. Imagine being stuck in the house, not being able to go nowhere. Well, what, what is this? I feel like we're on level seven of Jumanji at this point. I don't even know how many months people been quarantined. But you've been stuck in the house for so many days straight with your abuser. And the people that know you're being abused, the first thing they say is, well, just leave. It ain't that easy. It's really not that easy. Like, I literally sat and thought about it the other day. Like, what if somebody I know is going through that? Whether it's physical, emotional, verbal, financial. And they haven't told me about it. But they stuck in the house with somebody. Literally. Afraid of themselves. Afraid of that person. That's mainly the reason why I wanted to do this specific episode. Because I was just sitting there thinking about it the other day. Like... This COVID mess ain't going nowhere no time soon. Like, what happens to people who are stuck for real and want to get out, but they can't get out? And that's the worst part of it all. You wanting to get out, but you can't. Or you wanting to get out and you don't know how to, so you stay. Or wanting to get out and not knowing what's next. Like my my mind told me, ain't nobody gonna want you. You ain't gonna be shit. Told me I hope your next man fucks you over for you trying to leave me. Okay. We were together for five years, and it took me four for me to be like, it got to be something else out there. I'm going to get out by walking out, or I'm going out by him putting this bullet in my head. One or the two, either way, I'm out. And it took me a year. After the, the four years leading up, that fifth year was me planning. I went to work, talked to my manager. I need to figure out how to do this, this, and this so I can move up and I can make this money. So I can do this by myself. And it wasn't like I depended on him for his money because that nigga wasn't working. Majority of the time we was together. But I needed to be sure I can stand on my feet without him. And his little side hustle that he was doing. So I made a plan. I needed to have this by this date. He told me I wasn't good enough to go back to school. I graduated with my bachelor's degree in 2018. Top of my class. I graduated cum laude. 
I was doing everything I needed to make sure that I was okay. If I took a trip, my laptop was coming with me. If I went out to dinner with my family, I got to be back by a certain time because I got a quiz. Or I have to do this. Like, me getting out became a priority to me. But it took some time to get there. There are people in marriages being abused, looking for a way out, but they're scared to get out. It takes time. For those people, one and done, and you you make it out, I applaud you because Lord knows it took me a minute. It took me a minute to get out of that. But I'm thankful for the journey that I went through. I'm not thankful for being demeaned and, you know, getting threatened and all of that. But had I not gone through what I did go through, I wouldn't be as strong as I am today. I wouldn't, there's no way I'd be able to talk to y'all about half the stuff that I didn't say it on here today. Had I not gone through that, because by him telling me, you can't do this, or nobody's ever going to want you, or people won't listen to you, like you, you, you just don't have it, but I'm here now, and I'm here to tell whoever is listening that is going through it, I'm here. You can DM me on at Notebooks and Coffee on Instagram. You can send me an email uh, at, what is my email address? Simone Rose at notebooksandcoffee.com. Go on my website, notebooksandcoffee.com. There's a contact page. Send me a message on there. If you're going through it and you need help getting out, you need somebody to listen to you, I'm here because I've been through it. And we are going to get through this together. That note, I'll catch y'all next week. <laughs>